Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi, guys. I'm back, I hope, for a while. Um, I'm a little under the weather. I just had surgery, and now I feel like I'm getting a cold. I know I sound like a hypochondriac. I'm really not, but anyway. So I just wanted to thank you all for being here, and without further ado, I'm going to jump right in. And all I ask is that after listening to or watching the video, if you found you enjoyed it or learned something, do me a favor, smash that like button, and please do consider subscribing. So criminal profiler and addiction specialist John Kelly has a YouTube channel, and he recently did an episode in which he explained his theory as to what may have triggered Brian Koberger into allegedly committing the vicious crime in Moscow, Idaho on November 13th of 2022. That crime left four bright, beautiful university students deceased and their families and friends reeling in horror, grief, and the greatest depths of despair. Those students whose names must not be forgotten were Kaylee Gonsalves, Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, and Madison Mogan. Now, I said allegedly, and that is because Koberger has yet to be tried for the charges, so he's currently presumed innocent. But for this video, we're going to assume that the police have arrested the right guy and that Koberger is the perpetrator. John Kelly took a look at the ingredients in Brian's life that most likely combined to create the incendiary raid that fueled this crime four young people who died by wounds caused by a sharp-edged object. That is an up-close and intimate act. It's a very visceral act. Kelly started his analysis with Brian's grade school years. Kelly rightly pointed out that Koberger experienced a great deal of abuse, both verbal and some physical, at the hands of his male and female classmates. Some of his former friends, some former classmates, told stories of Brian being ridiculed, shamed, and bullied, both for his weight issues and his overall personality. We know Brian lost more than 100 pounds in high school that saw him take on a strict vegan uh, diet. He also did grueling kickboxing sessions, and I believe he took up running as well. Post the weight loss, he allegedly had a tummy tuck procedure to deal with all the loose skin. I mean, that is a lot for a young person to go through. Now, Koberger likely thought that his physical transformation would lead to acceptance by his peers and maybe even popularity. He was not a bad-looking guy. I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. It's just hard to separate the crimes that he's been accused of from his face, his eyes. We tend to imbue those eyes with darkness because of what we're being told he allegedly did. He was intellectually gifted, so why wouldn't he be accepted at this point? But that's not what happened. 
Koberger was still trying to date the popular, pretty blonde cheerleaders, but they continue to reject him. So at that point, he's probably thinking that he is somehow inherently flawed, and no degree of physical improvements will alter his fate, a fate which finds him an outcast and an unpopular guy. This most certainly led to a feeling of rejection. To be a teenager and to feel rejected is horrible. These experiences, per Kelly, mark the beginning in his mind of Koberger's odyssey into darkness. While in high school, Koberger found his way to heroin. Per Kelly, usually heroin addicts will tell you about an anger that they felt inside because heroin is a very strong central nervous system depressant, apparently. And per Kelly, it can soothe internalized anger and even suppress it. For Koberger, after a while, he becomes a bully. So then the bullied person turns the tables and becomes the bully. We were told that Brian began bullying one of his only male friends. Kelly said, quote, hurt kids hurt kids. So this was the trajectory that allegedly happened to Koberger. I will tell you that this same scenario played out with my brother as well, because at least to some degree, maybe, you know, my brother never became an accused murderer. As a child, he was overweight, and he suffered things like not being allowed to play on the Little League team. He was also rejected from the middle school football team because he was overweight and he couldn't run fast. And so it was not only the classmates rejecting him, but it was also the adults condoning it and doing it as well. And like Brian Koberger, my brother found his way to heroin. What saddens me in both of these situations is that these were young boys who likely both started out as happy kids wanting to participate and be accepted by their peers, but instead they found alienation at every turn, and alienation that was condoned by the adults. The bully's parents, the football coaches, the teachers who don't act when they see this stuff happening. Now, my brother's heroin addiction eventually took him or led him to rob some grocery stores, which then landed him in prison for 10 years. Koberger's parents apparently got him into rehab, which enabled Brian to overcome the addiction and also to go on to community college and then DeSales University and then into the doctoral program at Washington State University. So he was being set up for success, but even with his academic successes, he was still harboring that anger deep down inside, maybe, and he was still likely running into rejection issues when it came to women. He couldn't seem to find the special sauce that would turn him into an in-demand guy. And I forgot to mention the Army Ranger program in high school that he was in. He eventually got kicked out of that program as well because of some type of misbehavior, allegedly, when it came to some of the females in the class. It seems like they dealt with the addiction issue, but the emotional issues underneath all of that maybe were never dealt with, and the issues he was having with females maybe was never addressed. But from the outside looking in, he's having academic success. He gets into the doctoral program at Washington State University, He's even offered a teaching assistant position, which is a big deal, and was helping to pay his tuition. 
But here's where more problems arose with women, both women in the classes he was teaching as well as female colleagues in the Ph.D. program. He had trouble getting along with his students. They felt he was a harsh grader, and he was rude to them, especially to the female students, as well as to his female colleagues. There was an occasion where he allegedly followed a female student out to her car after class, which made her feel very uncomfortable. Kelly pointed out that eventually he got in hot water with Professor John Snyder, and the professor jumped in and started monitoring Brian's teaching, and this did not go well. And Kelly believes Brian eventually saw the writing on the wall. Kelly believes that when Brian Koberger was brought up in front of his students to be criticized, this is when things turned combustible. The humiliation from such a dressing down in front of all of his students may have been the match that lit the fire to all the anger that had been stuffed down and never dealt with in a healthy way, such as through therapy. Kelly feels that all of this made Koberger feel less than, less than his students and less than his professors. Sometime after the crime in Moscow, Idaho, Koberger got the letter saying he was essentially fired. This was more rejection and ridicule. Per Kelly, all these mass perpetrators have history similar to Koberger's, the Ted Bundys, the Dennis Raiders, etc. Something pushes them to take out their rage on victims. And what we see in Brian's alleged crimes is a lot of disdain for women. And all of this, according to Kelly, shows the buildup of internalized rage in Brian Koberger. And that rage eventually exploded in Moscow, Idaho. Allegedly. That's all for today. See you next time on Bed Crime Stories.